This is Sam. This is Paul. And this is Southpaw. So Anthony Joshua versus Andy Ruiz Jr. I wasn't planning to cover this fight because, I mean, no one expected this fight to be one of the best fights of the year. All of combat media is scrambling to get something out because none of us were prepared. I mean, Brexit was a shocker, but now Ruiz? When it rains, it pours, I guess. But looking at the momentum of boxing and how it's been making a comeback, we really shouldn't be surprised. I mean, after Mayweather versus McGregor, it was boxing that got a boost in popularity, not MMA. And so far, there doesn't seem to be any slowdown of this surge. But because I wasn't expecting this to be an interesting fight or to be even covering it, I'm doing this last minute. So it'll be just me, no Paul. I'm just sharing my initial thoughts. Not just of the fight, but the overall narrative. So not sure how long this impromptu episode will be. But the story, man. So Andy Ruiz wasn't even supposed to be in this fight. It was Jarrell Miller. Then Miller was pulled from the fight for flagging every drug known to man. And so the zone needed someone last minute. And Ruiz stepped in. It's a real life Rocky story. And so six foot two overweight Andy Ruiz with his 74-inch reach, was fighting 6'6", 82-inch reach champion Anthony Joshua for the unified WBA, WBO, IBF, IBO heavyweight titles. Ruiz was actually heavier than Joshua. And also, I'm not even sure the 6'2 listing for Ruiz's height is even accurate. But if you just saw them, never in a million years would you think Ruiz was the faster and better conditioned boxer, but he was. And actually, as long of a reach as Anthony Joshua has, John Jones has almost a three-inch reach advantage over Joshua. And Jones is shorter than Joshua also. And also, reach is measured from fingertip to fingertips. So that means it includes the width of the chest. And so sometimes there are fighters like Stipe Miocic, who has a very wide chest, but his arms from armpit to knuckles aren't that long. Joshua is a very muscular fighter. A lot of his wingspan is his chest size, whereas John Jones is very narrow, so his wingspan is all arms. I'm just bringing this up just to give you an idea how hard it is to fight the physical attributes of John Jones and how special he is in all of combat sports. So back to Anthony Joshua, AJ versus Andy Ruiz. So how do you overcome an 8-inch reach disadvantage? With speed, how do you make sure you don't get hurt on the way in? Tight defense. And when you do come in, how do you make sure you don't get clobbered off of your initial entry? Throw back a combination off of their counter. Now, how much of this loss was AJ looking for a knockout, wanting to outdo Deontay Wilder? Not sure. But funny enough, once AJ hurt Andy Ruiz was when it all went downhill for him. 
So the first thing I noticed was the battle for foot positioning. But the only person playing this game was Ruiz. AJ was just backing up, looking to counter or time a right. But Ruiz would inch his feet right to the end of AJ's punches and stay there. Then wait for AJ to fire and then counter. Or from there, when AJ feels safe, step in. That happened a lot. Stock, stock, step in. Similarly to what people do with their punches. Light, light, heavy. So with his footwork, it was one inch forward, one inch forward, three feet forward. And being the smaller fighter, Ruiz used that to his advantage and fought small and compact. A bit of Mike Tyson, a bit of Joe Frazier, and a lot of Andy Ruiz. But also Ruiz was not intimidated. He's not only street tough, but also Ruiz has more boxing experience than AJ. So Ruiz fought him as if he was supposed to beat him. But being the shorter fighter, I was very impressed with his jabs. Working up, down, down, up, single jabs to doubles and triples. And when you have the shorter reach, how do you jab your opponent? You take a big step in and you do it quickly. Another thing Ruiz used to overcome that reach disadvantage was the parry. He would parry AJ's jab or parry AJ's outstretched arm, then counter. And when AJ looked to jab to the body, Ruiz countered with a left hook. And this is a tactic that any camp training to fight John Jones should consider. Parrying the jab or the stiff arm of the longer fighter, then attacking off the parry. Sometimes AJ would throw a lazy jab and Ruiz would punch it away. Another observation. It didn't seem like AJ was just slower than Ruiz, but also slower than Tyson Fury or Wilder. And I wonder if that's part of why he's avoided ever clashing with those two. Along with the criticisms of AJ's chin, many speculated AJ was being protected. And now after this fight, there does seem to be some validity to that. Now Joshua did have his moments. He did a lot of good work with his left hook, in particular mixing in the left hook with his jabs. And that's how he dropped Ruiz in round three, with a left hook. Joshua's least effective punch was his right, where every time he looked for the right, he would get countered. So after Ruiz got back up, AJ was looking to put the stamp on the tough Mexican-American, landing a hard right, then exchanging blows on the inside. But the longer man loading up in the pocket isn't a good use of his size advantage. They were both exchanging hooks. But since AJ was loading up, and because Ruiz has shorter arms and is faster than AJ anyway, he landed his left hook first. Ruiz, because of his short stature, can generate a lot of power in close range, and in particular, the clinch. And also, Ruiz seemed better versed in the clinch, knowing how to push and pull the opponent's head to get reactions to unload punches. So now, after the knockdown, Ruiz was fighting fearless, and basically that's how he fought from then on, fearless. AJ was hurt, stagnant, and looking tired, and Ruiz corralled AJ into the corner and hurt him there for his second knockdown. So round three ended up being one of the best rounds in boxing with three total knockdowns, one for AJ and two for Ruiz. In round four, AJ was just trying to get his legs back. So was the momentum shifting? No. Not in this fight. It looked like Ruiz was better prepared for AJ than AJ was prepared for Andy Ruiz. 
because even though AJ was getting his legs back, Ruiz was now understanding AJ's timing, slipping the jab to the outside, much like how Daniel Cormier does in a lot of his fights. But fortunately in boxing, you don't have to worry about the left high kick. Another clever thing Ruiz did over and over was when AJ would storm in, Ruiz would just shove AJ's head down and that would stop the momentum. It also allowed Ruiz to hit AJ as he pulled himself back up. It's really a wrestling move. You snap their head down, they'll stand back up. Action, reaction. It's also super tiring to be pushed down over and over. If you've ever wrestled, you'll know what I'm talking about. And if you're not conditioned for wrestling, which is a different type of conditioning than boxing, this will really sap a lot of your energy. And it appeared to me that AJ wasn't used to fighting such a short fighter. And perhaps it's because it's a shorter fighter who's fighting as if he were even shorter. AJ had to not only punch down, but had to lower himself to land his right. And that's a lot of the reason why the right wasn't that effective. Because it put him in height position for Andy Ruiz to follow up using a speed. So he was ducking down and coming forward, getting into his range and getting into his height. This also put him in a position for Ruiz to snap his head down or to catch him exiting the pocket. And Joshua's cardio never seemed to recover after round three. But then again, there's the wrestling, the body shots endured. And as far as heavyweights, Ruiz has a really high pace. It's not the typical slow, tactical heavyweight bout. It's going at a middleweight or amateur pace. And that was also sapping AJ's stamina. And I'm sure AJ has fought shorter fighters. But has he fought one with such a high pace, who hits hard, and is supremely durable and fearless? I don't know. And in round 7, again, they were trading hooks. And again, Ruiz gets there first. And because of Ruiz's high pace, you know once he lands on you, he has 50 more punches coming. And he has the gas tank to unload without having to worry about gassing himself out. Heavyweights have to conserve, and that's not a problem for Ruiz. Ruiz, because of his experience, was too tricky for AJ. Whenever Ruiz hurt him and wobbled AJ, he would club AJ's head down to make sure he fell, to guarantee a down. It's an old school veteran move. That happened again in round seven, but this time, AJ, rather than looking to get his legs back, came in trying to even things out and got hurt after throwing a telegraphed one too. I wonder if AJ knew he didn't have much left and he felt he needed to finish in this round, or he was done for anyway. So Ruiz hurt him again, and clubbed him down. The thing about clubbing someone down, just like in wrestling, it's demoralizing. It gets to you, it gets to your head. It makes it seem like it's a lot worse than it is. And in boxing, it's even worse, because there's nothing worse than being on your knees for a boxer. So AJ, at this point, is hurt, demoralized, tired, and he didn't seem like he really wanted to be there anymore. Spitting out the mouthpiece, walking over to the corner, ignoring the ref when he said turn around. AJ just wanted a break. One he couldn't have. So when the ref asked him if he was ready to box, even though AJ said yes, everything else and his body language said no. Also, his hands were still on the ropes. And when they ask you if you're ready, you have to bring your hands to your face to let the ref know you're ready. AJ knows how the rules work. And he didn't do that. AJ didn't want to be there anymore. And that was that. 
and Andy Ruiz Jr. shocked the world and scored a victory for all the regular Joes. He said, don't underestimate us. Now, both Daniel Cormier and Andy Ruiz have both shown us that a peak combat athlete can indeed be the short fat guy. What a story. <laughs>